0: Section forty seven of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Irma Martin. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part two, Book the Second, Chapter One, wherein we see the face of Him of whom we have hitherto seen only the acts. Nature had been prodigal of her kindness to Gwynplaine. She had bestowed on him a mouth opening to his ears, ears folding over to his eyes, a shapeless nose to support the spectacles of the Grimace Maker, and a face that no one could look upon without laughing. We have just said that Nature had loaded Gwynplaine with her gifts. But was it Nature? Had she not been assisted? Two slits for eyes, a hiatus for a mouth, a snub protuberance with two holes for nostrils, a flattened face, all having for the result an appearance of laughter. It is certain that nature never produces such perfection single-handed. But is laughter a synonym of joy? If in the presence of this mountebank, for he was one, the first impression of gaiety wore off, and the man were observed with attention, traces of art were to be recognized such a face could never have been created by chance it must have resulted from intention such perfect completeness is not in nature man can do nothing to create beauty but everything to produce ugliness a Hottentot and taut profile cannot be changed into a Roman outline but out of a Grecian nose you may make a Kalmux. it only requires to obliterate the root of the nose and to flatten the nostrils THE DOG LATIN OF THE MIDDLE AGES HAD A REASON FOR ITS CREATION OF THE VERB DENISER. HAD Gwynplaine, WHEN A CHILD BEEN SO WORTHY OF ATTENTION, THAT HIS FACE HAD BEEN SUBJECTED TO TRANSMUTATION? WHY NOT? NEEDED THERE A GREATER MOTIVE THAN THE SPECULATION OF HIS FUTURE EXHIBITION? ACCORDING TO ALL APPEARANCE, INDUSTRIOUS MANIPULATORS OF CHILDREN HAD WORKED UPON HIS FACE. It seemed evident that a mysterious and probably occult science, which was to surgery what alchemy was to chemistry, had chiseled his flesh, evidently at a very tender age, and manufactured his countenance with premeditation. That science, clever with the knife, skilled in obtusions and ligatures, had enlarged the mouth, cut away the lips, laid bare the gums, distended the ears, cut the cartilages, displace the eyelids and the cheeks, enlarge the zygomatic muscle, press the scars and cicatrices to a level, turn back the skin over the lesions whilst the face was thus stretched, from which all which resulted, that powerful and profound piece of sculpture, the mask, Gwynplaine. Man is not born thus. However it may have been, the manipulation of Gwynplaine had succeeded admirably. Gwynplaine was a gift of Providence to dispel the sadness of man. Of what Providence? Is there a Providence of demons as well as of God? We put the question without answering it. Gwynplaine was a mountebank. He showed himself on the platform. No such effect had ever before been produced. Hypochondriacs were cured by the sight of him alone. He was avoided by folks in mourning because they were compelled to laugh when they saw him, without regard to their decent gravity. One day the executioner came, and Gwynplaine made him laugh. Everyone who saw Gwynplaine held his sides. He spoke, and they rolled on the ground. He was removed from sadness, as is Pole from Pole. Spleen at the one, Gwynplaine at the other. Thus he rose rapidly in the fairground and at the crossroads to the very satisfactory renown of a horrible man. It was Gwynplaine's laugh which created the laughter of others. Yet he did not laugh himself. His face laughed. His thoughts did not. The extraordinary face, which chance or a special and weird industry had fashioned for him, laughed alone. Gwynplaine had nothing to do with it. The outside did not depend on the interior. The laugh which he had not placed himself on his brow, on his eyelids, on his mouth, he could not remove. It had been stamped forever on his face. It was automatic, and the more irresistible because it seemed petrified. No one could escape from this rictus. Two convulsions of the face are infectious, laughing and yawning. By virtue of the mysterious operation to which Gwynplaine had probably been subjected in his infancy, every part of his face contributed to that rictus. His whole physiognomy led to that result, as a wheel centers in the nave. All his emotions, whatever they might have been, augmented his strange face of joy, or to speak more correctly, aggravated it. Any astonishment which might seize him, any suffering which he might feel, any anger which might take possession of him, any pity which might move him, would only increase this hilarity of his muscles. If he wept, he laughed, and whatever Gwynplaine was, whatever he wished to be, whatever he thought... THE MOMENT THAT HE RAISED HIS HEAD, THE CROWD, IF CROWD THERE WAS, HAD BEFORE THEM ONE IMPERSONATION, AN OVERWHELMING BURST OF LAUGHTER. IT WAS LIKE A HEAD OF MEDUSA, BUT MEDUSA HILARIOUS. ALL FEELING OR THOUGHT IN THE MIND OF THE SPECTATOR WAS SUDDENLY PUT TO FLIGHT BY THE UNEXPECTED APPARITION, AND LAUGHTER WAS INEVITABLE. ANTIQUE ART FORMERLY PLACED ON THE OUTSIDES OF THE GREEK THEATER, A JOYOUS BRAZEN FACE, called comedy it laughed and occasioned laughter but remained pensive all parody which borders on folly all irony which borders on wisdom were condensed and amalgamated in that face the burden of care of disillusion anxiety and grief were expressed in its impassive countenance and resulted in the lugubrious sum of mirth one corner of the mouth was raised in mockery of the human race, the other side in blasphemy of the gods. Men confronted that model of the ideal sarcasm and exemplification of the irony which each one possesses within him, and the crowd, continually renewed round its fixed laugh, died away with delight before its sepulchral immobility of mirth. One might almost have said that Gwynplaine was that dark, dead mask of ancient comedy, adjusted to the body of a living man, that infernal head of implacable hilarity he supported on his neck what a weight for the shoulders of a man an everlasting laugh an everlasting laugh let us understand each other we will explain the Manichaeans believed the absolute occasionally gives way and that God himself sometimes abdicates for a time so also of the will we do not admit that it can ever be utterly powerless the whole of existence resembles a letter modified in the postscript for Gwynplaine the postscript was this by the force of his will and by concentrating all his attention and on condition that no emotion should come to distract and turn away the fixedness of his effort he could manage to suspend the everlasting rictus of his face and to throw over it a kind of tragic veil. And then the spectator laughed no longer. He shuddered. This exertion Gwynplaine scarcely ever made. It was a terrible effort and an insupportable tension. Moreover, it happened that on the slightest distraction, or the slightest emotion, the laugh, driven back for a moment, returned like a tide with an impulse which was irresistible in proportion to the force of the adverse emotion. With this exception, Gwynplaine's laugh was everlasting. On seeing Gwynplaine, all laughed. When they had laughed, they turned away their heads. Women especially shrunk from him with horror. The man was frightful. The joyous convulsion of laughter was as a tribute paid. They submitted to it gladly, but almost mechanically. Besides, when once the novelty of the laugh had passed over, Gwynplaine was intolerable for a woman to see, and impossible to contemplate. But he was tall, well made, and agile, and no way deformed, excepting in his face. This led to the presumption that Gwynplaine was rather a creation of art than a work of nature. Gwynplaine, beautiful in figure, had probably been beautiful in face. At his birth he no doubt resembled other infants, they had left the body intact and retouched only the face. Gwynplaine had been made to order; at least that was probable. They had left him his teeth-teeth are necessary to a laugh-the death's head retains them. The operation performed on him must have been frightful; that he had no remembrance of it was no proof that it had not taken place. Surgical sculpture of the kind could never have succeeded except on a very young child, and consequently on one having little consciousness of what happened to him, and who might easily take a wound for a sickness. Besides, we must remember that they had in those times means of putting patients to sleep, and of suppressing all suffering. Only then it was called magic, while now it is called anesthesia. Besides this face, those who had brought him up had given him the resources of a gymnast and an athlete, his articulations usefully displaced and fashioned to bending the wrong way, had received the education of a clown, and could, like the hinges of a door, move backwards and forwards. In appropriating him to the profession of mountebank, nothing had been neglected. His hair had been dyed with ochre once for all. A secret which has been rediscovered at the present day. Pretty women use it, and that which was formerly considered ugly is now considered an embellishment. Gwynplaine had yellow hair. His hair, having probably been dyed with some corrosive preparation, had left it woolly and rough to the touch. Its yellow bristles, rather a mane than a head of hair, covered and concealed a lofty brow, evidently made to contain thought. THE OPERATION, WHATEVER IT HAD BEEN, WHICH HAD DEPRIVED HIS FEATURES OF HARMONY, AND PUT ALL THEIR FLESH INTO DISORDER, HAD HAD NO EFFECT ON THE BONY STRUCTURE OF HIS HEAD. THE FACIAL ANGLE WAS POWERFUL AND SURPRISINGLY GRAND. BEHIND HIS LAUGH THERE WAS A SOUL, DREAMING, AS ALL OUR SOULS DREAM. HOWEVER, HIS LAUGH WAS TO Gwynplaine QUITE A TALENT. HE COULD DO NOTHING WITH IT, SO HE TURNED IT TO ACCOUNT. By means of it he gained his living. Gwynplaine, as you have doubtless already guessed, was the child abandoned one winter evening on the coast of Portland and received into a poor caravan of Weymouth. End of section 47